Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And uh, many of us are here in the studio, but a couple of us aren't. Uh, Jim and Andy are joining us over the phones. And, and Jim, this is actually your topic this week, uh, as thank you for picking it and going away. And uh, we had talked in the uh, previous show a little bit about what it was, but can you set it back up for us, what we're talking about today? Well, when, when this was tossed out there as a, next week is your show because you haven't done <laughs> one lately, I immediately heard what I read in Genesis earlier about and it was a sarcastic response to God's question, am I my brother's keeper? Uh, but our answer needs to be yes, which it obviously was not between Cain and Abel. But uh, where I went with that is, you know, well, where I went personally, and this may or may not be where other folks want to go with it, but it's, uh, am I willing to give beyond where I'm comfortable with what I'm giving? Am I willing to lay down my life for others? And I did use the clip of someone who chose to be a medic in a combat zone and and saved dozens of men from being killed by the Japanese in World War II. And most of us aren't going to have a story quite that exciting, but all of us have a time when we have really stepped out and outcome is up to God, but you know, are we willing to step out? And if we've got an example of that, we'll all share them. I'm willing to lay down your life for others. <laughs> well, Rodney, and, you may, and you may, because I'm really uh, getting to the point where, okay, God, what else do I have to do before I can come home? <laughs> Well, Rodney, since you have the microphone in I knew, front of I knew you, it was a yeah. wrong thing to grab. Yeah. yeah, I was just watching going, oh, you could do that. It won't work out well, but you could do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what does uh, being your brother's keeper mean to you? And can you share a story of, of when you've stepped out and done that? I think being your brother's keeper is going above and beyond, going something more than just the ordinary and doing it for nothing for you doing it only for them um and in that vein um i have an aunt who's just uh, been uh, diagnosed with terminal cancer and so i'm trying to reach her with christ as much as i can she's she's confused i think with the gospel message doesn't know, really know what it is doesn't really know jesus and this is a point in time where i would not be really comfortable doing this kind of thing because there's also then the, all the other family members who go to church, think they're saved, but I'm pretty sure they're not. I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not Jesus here, but um, I have to at least try, right? So that's where I'm at right now is just trying to go a little above and beyond and, you know, talk about the gospel. I don't know what Christ is and 
Again, like when her daughter was asked by my mom, do you know if she's saved? The answer was, I don't know if she's been baptized. So just that's kind of gives you the background of where I'm at and just trying to say, okay, we need to have a little deeper understanding. So that's where I'm trying to step in and be my aunt's keeper mm-hmm. and also then my cousins. Thank you. Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we've, you know, the, the uh, previous show, we've talked a lot about the monetary value of taking care of, you know, strangers and those around us. Um, but for me, being my brother's keeper has always been more of spiritual, you know, being not only a disciple, but discipling others in their Christian walk. And I can recall, uh, uh, when I was between marriages, uh, that uh, a new Christian, uh, somebody who just had become a Christian, uh, a particular friend of mine uh, thought I was the home for wayward Texans. Uh, we won't name anybody. Hint, hint. His name starts the same as mine. <laughs> and I ended up taking. And I ended up taking this gentleman into my home, a complete stranger to me. Um, but through that process, I found myself discipling him and helping him get started on his journey with Christ. And for me, that's how that's always been interpreted in my mind is, am I my brother's keeper? Am I helping him, you know, with his walk with Christ? Not so much the monetary end of it. And you also shared a great story with me over the past boot camp, which really helped me out in my walk. So I appreciate that. Praise God. Yeah, I um, you know, I talked in the, the first show where I struggle to give people money. Um, it's not that I don't want to help them. I just, I'm never sure what they're going to do with it. And I know that mm-hmm. that probably shouldn't matter, but for me it kind of does at times. When I, as you guys were talking, God reminded me of a, a time back in Indiana, um, back when, you know, you'd look on uh, – Craigslist to buy stuff, right? And so I'd found a computer. A guy was selling uh, well over an hour away from me. And uh, man, just had everything I wanted. You know, he was selling it. I went down to meet with him, got down there, uh, met him. Uh, he told me very quickly he was uh, got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, had uh, less than six months to live. He just bought the computer and was selling it. You know, and we started talking. Um and I ended up buying the computer from him, but you know he started talking about you know, not knowing how there could even be a God and some mm-hmm. of those things, and and we started talking, and we continued to talk, and I went and visited him probably three or four more times. We talked on the phone several times. Um, really thought that he was going to accept Christ. You know, I was supposed to come see him on this day. I, I don't know what day of the week, and I got down there and was all excited because I was for sure God was going to. You know, get this one, you know, and uh, got there and, and he'd already moved, mm. you know, and I was pretty devastated initially. And then I had prayed about it and God said, no, I, I ask you to do what you did. Right. It's my job to take it from here. Right. It wasn't your job to get him across the line, Sam. It's my job to get him across the line. And in those aspects, you know, when Robbie was telling this story, um, it had brought to mind uh, a time that happened to me where I was... I, I think I was heading for to work on a, a very cold morning, and I had just pulled through the, the McDonald's drive-through and got myself a couple of uh, you know egg and 
bacon biscuits, you know? And so I'm starting to pull away, and there's this woman basically blocking my way, right? And she goes, I'm so hungry. Can, you know, can you spare something for food? So I reached down in the bag in order to be able to get away and handed this woman a biscuit and then started driving away. As I looked in my rearview mirror, this woman was chowing down on this thing like it was the first meal she had had in months. I felt so bad trying to eat that other biscuit going down the road. <laughs> but, but it had brought back, you know, there there's times when, you know, God presents people to us that, you know, we help along the way. You know, they, sometimes, you know, as the word tells us, we're doing the seed, you know, planting the seed. Sometimes we're doing the watering. And I think that in that particular aspect, you may have been planting the seed mm-hmm. for somebody else to pick up and move on with that. Yeah, it, it for me, it helped me understand that I have to be available when God wants me to be available. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not be helping every person at every stoplight as I drive down through the town. You know, maybe it's not helping everybody do that. Maybe that's not what he's called me to, but being available when he touches my heart and said, no, this one's yours. Right. This one's one that you need to help. And it always seems to be when I'm most frustrated. (laughs) Yeah. Or in the biggest hurry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when I went to get the computer, honestly, when he first started to tell me a story, I was like, oh my gosh, I do not have time for this. I'm going to be late getting home. You know, blah, 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 blah. And then he told me the rest of his story. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was extremely late getting home. Mm, I bet. But, you know, it, it fostered into a really good couple of weeks of, of soul searching and praying with somebody. And and I, I don't know the outcome of it. I probably will never know the outcome of it. But it doesn't matter that God knows the outcome. And right. hopefully, you know, he's able to, to take that before the guy, you know, left the earth. That he was able to, to be a part of the family. Um Harold, you had a story that you wanted to share. But first, what's it mean to be your brother's keeper? To me, it means showing Christ. It means a lot of, it can mean a lot of different things. It's sort of already been mentioned. But, uh, yeah, the the being out of the comfort zone story. <laughs> it's probably about five or six years ago now. It was on a Wednesday night, and on my way into Bible study, this was pre-COVID days when we were actually meeting on Wednesday nights, and there was a fellow uh, along the side of the road close into Moxville, and uh, later when I was on my way home, uh, this fellow had made it uh, about a mile or two on out the road, and this was a very cold, windy, real bad day and when I saw him the second time he was crouched down trying to get out of the wind and uh, so he was within I don't know about a mile mile and a half of my home so I got I got home and I told my wife I said I have got to go get this guy and so uh, not knowing what I might be encountering I, I did get my handgun and put it in the car so I went back and and stopped and uh, asked the guy you know where he was going well he was going on over to Lexington he was coming from Ohio wow he had gotten caught in the rainstorm earlier 
that day, so he had gotten wet. And uh, so I actually took him all the way over to Lexington where he had a niece or somebody that was, was living. And he had a little threadbare jacket or whatever. Well, I had an extra jacket at home that I had thrown in the car that I gave him. And I'm not telling that story for any personal glory, but I'm just telling it to say that I felt so great about that because that was a person that was in real need. And sure, it cost me a little bit of gasoline and some time, but that's nothing compared to what he got out of it. And you know that's something that will go with me to my grave. That was a time when... I was a little bit scared, you know. That's the reason I got the gun. Uh, I used to hitchhike a lot myself when I was in college, but it's been a while. Things mm-hmm. have gotten a lot different in the intervening years. But you never know. You know, we're told that sometimes we may be entertaining angels unawares. And so I didn't know the man, but I felt like that I left him in much better shape than he was in when I found him. And to me, that's being my brother's keeper. Thank you, Harold. Andy, what about you? So, um, Harold stole a little bit of my thunder, but uh, but really, you know, you think about you know the brother being your brother's keeper. Um, I think I've heard the the saying, you know, the opposite of love isn't hate. The opposite of love is indifference. And sometimes we live that way, and then we're not actively looking for opportunities to love. And and I would like to give you a, an example of, um, you know, strangers that I've ministered to, and I have. I really have. There was a, one a couple years ago. This I was out in Western Port of North, North Carolina and just ran onto this lady on the side of the road, kind of asked God if I should go back, went back, and there was no doubt that that's exactly who I, I mean, I was supposed to minister to that lady. And those things are are awesome, but I also don't think we can discount our brothers. For example, our brothers, our, our band of brothers in the ministry, and that we're all responsible for um, keeping each other. And we do. We do through the, uh, you know, the, the text, group text that we have of ministering, reaching out to others. Somebody will share a need. And it's not like we just say, okay, We'll pray for that. We follow up. We see how the brother's doing. We see God answering a lot of those prayers that we've prayed, if not all. And um, I just think it's important to remember that God puts us in a, a particular community, and those uh, we can't discount those people, even though those are the people that would love us back, like the Bible, like Jim's scripture says. That still, though, God puts us, he knits us together with those people he knew he put us all together. He brought this ministry together, and, and everybody has those types of communities, and I think it's just really important to remember that that's day-by-day stuff that we can do as far as being our brother's keeper. Yeah, and you're making a pretty big assumption that we're going to love you back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're making it. No, we do love you back, idiot. And honestly, as you were talking, I'm feeling the indifference back. You're feeling the indifference. Am I casting that on you? Yeah. Back when I was um, going through my divorce, if it wasn't uh, for a good friend of mine that uh, talked to me multiple times a day, you know, every day, 
I don't know that I would have made it through it, you know, and, and he helped me. He's a good uh, Christian friend and, and uh, it made all the difference in the world. And, you know, and, and he likes to have the saying a lot of times, you know, sometimes you just need Jesus with skin on. And that's who he was for me during that time because I felt like I needed a voice I could audibly hear consistently. Not that God's not capable of that. That's just not how he tends to talk to me, you know. Um, and I think that God put that friend in my path during that time to help me get through what he knew I was going to need to get through because I don't know how I would have made it through without him. Right? And it's not always a stranger, to your point, Andy. A lot of times it's it's a loved one. It can be a... Um, you know, a cousin, niece, a nephew, an aunt, Andy, or Andy. I'm looking at you and said, Andy, Rodney, as you talked about, you know, that we're all called to kind of do that. I think that we just need to be available. You know, I don't think God calls us to go fix everything, but he calls us to be available on the things he calls you uniquely to go do. Right? You know, maybe I'm not real passionate about all the people at the stop sign. Not that I don't care about them, because that's not what God's called me to today. Now, tomorrow on my way in, he might. That's how God works with me. Is <laughs> he laying out my heart at the first stop, stoplight I get to? You know, that's kind of, he makes me eat my words quite often. But no, I mean, that it's being available to what he wants us to go do. Now, Robbie, you have a ministry along these lines that you do that you help people pretty consistently. Yeah, or the Jesus Labor Love is a great uh, training God, a uh, training ground for God teaching me stuff like I'm going to tell one story that I, I have discovered truly that when you really apply yourself to help somebody else it's one of the keys to the kingdom that God gives you stuff for somebody else that just will blow your mind so here's the example I, I had this company it was a battery company that claimed they were going to help me with anybody I ever needed a battery for <clears throat> and, and so I'd had several of them that needed a battery and then this lady outside of Fort Worth, Texas needed she'd been in an accident and the fender was up against the tire so she couldn't drive it the battery had been crushed in the accident and and I was trying to figure out how to help her I didn't know anybody in Fort Worth, Texas and so I called this battery company thinking well this is it you know they're they're going to this I'm finally going to get a battery cuz these people are located in Fort Worth, Texas well, after two weeks, and it's getting right like a few days before Christmas that year, they finally, after two weeks, called, sorry, we can't get you a battery. And I was, because here's this company has resources like out the kazoo, and they're not going to, you know, do this simple thing. And I am just screaming at God in prayer. I'm like, you know how you would. Like, God, really? Really? These people could buy this lady a car. These people could do anything. They won't give me a f battery? And God, in his very gentle way, says, so if you care so much about this lady, I mean, why don't you do something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it wasn't that I even, I didn't have the financial resources to give her a battery right at that point in my life. I really didn't. So I was like, okay, God, what do I do? Well, he's like, you just figure out who's close to her that has a body shop and you start calling them. And so, you know, with Google Maps and all you could do this, well, it's scary. You know, it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world to call people you don't know and ask for help. So I make this phone call to this, you know, Joe's Body Shop, first phone call I make, and it's within two blocks of this lady's house. 
and I get the receptionist, and I, I tell her the story. I'm with the Jesus Labor Love. We help single moms and widows. I have this lady who's got this car, blah, blah. She, oh, you're going to have to talk to Bill, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, get me Bill. <laughs> and so, you know, here comes Bill, and Bill, I'm, you know, I'm with the Jesus Labor Love, and I help single moms and they do you mean to tell me that you talk about Jesus Christ on the radio? <laughs> I said, well, yes, sir. And I, I didn't know at that point the conversation was going to go downhill fast or where it was going to go. And he says, let me tell you something, son. You can't outgive God. I'm not, I'm not only going to help that lady. I'm going to help her today. This car is going to be back on the road, and it's going to be on the road today. Well, I, you know, I was in the body shop business for some time, and I'm like, yeah, no way. <laughs> I didn't say that to him, but I'm like, you go, dude. I mean, here's a phone number, and you make it happen. He went. He he got off the phone. He went over there and, you know, fixed her car, put a battery in it. That, you know, here it was two days before Christmas. That lady was back on the road. I've thought about that so many times when I start to think, well, I, there's no way I can help this person, you know, because so, so often I'm overwhelmed by the needs that people have or that I'm, but I'm telling you, you have keys to the kingdom. When you step into God says, help this one, it, it blows my mind the time and time again. And I've got lots of stories like that one. That one, just one of the more colorful ones. Um, it's amazing. Not only do you have a chance to be the middleman, because that's who you really are in all these cases, whether you realize it or not, we're just the middleman. <laughs> God's got the blessing, and that person over there needs it, and you just get to be the one that gets to be in the middle of it. And then God shows off, and then you get to tell about his glory, and that's that's a neat thing. Thank you, Robbie. We, um, awesome. I was with a, a company when I first moved down here, and uh, they were a very giving company. They you know like to give out, and so they – had had said, okay, we want you this Christmas time to find somebody in need, right? And we want to help them through the company. And so, you know, I put some feelers out and found a lady over in Tobaccoville that um, had become uh, wheelchair bound and didn't have a ramp to get in and out of her house, you know. And so, um, was able to coordinate the 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 guys that work with me at the time and we went over and we built a ramp and ended up replacing the door because the old door was not big enough for a wheelchair either you know so we ended up replacing the door and doing some other things and it was such a a great thing that to watch their hearts come alive as they were helping this lady that none of us even knew to make a difference in her life and and I got to meet her a little bit and talk with her a little bit and uh, went home and talked with Heidi it was when I was married and and we decided instead of getting so much things at Christmas just to find out what her list was. And so the kids and, and, and us uh, bought her Christmas and went over and celebrated Christmas with her. And it's probably one of my favorite Christmas memories with the kids. You know, it wasn't about what they got. You know, it was about watching somebody else get something um, that they needed just to get through life. You know, and it was such a great feeling of being a, to be able to be a part of that and watch God at work in the midst of it because we were able to share some testimony and do some things while we were there. You know, and that's all available, A, through a company that was a Christian-based company, but also, you know, through um, God's work of saying, okay, this is the one I want you to help. Right? Um, which is pretty cool. Jim, it's still your show, and I know you're on, so we got to... 
got a few more minutes left. What else would you like to cover in the show that we haven't got to yet? Uh, those stories were great, and that's a big part of it. I don't know that anything's missing, other than it has been touched on, but I want to reinforce the fact that the outcome is God's. I mean, we're, we don't have to follow through necessarily the way we think we're going to have to. And many of my, well, I'll give you my story for today. I, there was a little girl where we were eating lunch, and she was running around and having fun, and her mom was having a hard time keeping up with her. And, and I heard the name Deborah, and I thought that's what her mother said. I was wrong, but that later in the story. But anyway, God impressed on me to tell this little girl, and she couldn't have been much more than three, and I don't know how much she understood, but I was supposed to tell her that God used Deborah in the Bible, and she was a great, powerful woman, and that, you know, she was hearing from God, and she needed to share what she heard from God with others. And I did that as well as I could with her, and her mother was a little... Uh, she she was receptive to it, but was sort of a, who is this crazy old white guy... And it was okay. I mean, I, I enjoyed that, but it turned out her name was something different. And it, and the, the meaning of the meaning of the name, I mean, the the meaning of the name I thought with Deborah was she's a little bumblebee, and that's what I saw, and that's what drew me drew my attention to her. But I was wrong. And I often am when God is telling me. Well, maybe you were a prophet and you gave her, and you were uh, giving her her new name. (laughs) But you know that—that was actually kind of what God told me. And and her name was even better than Bumblebee. I mean, it was something. I mean, there was—I wish I could remember it. It was a sweet little girl with a great name, but it really had to do with being part of God's glory, and that gave me goosebumps. It's, it but sounds to me like you're I really did, poor at eavesdropping, is what it sounds. <laughs> well, that too. It's, it's the old ears. But I very clearly heard her say Deborah, and it was close, but it wasn't that close. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was God messing with me, and he does that. But our response to God is what we need to do to be sacrificial. It, it is... And, Jim was talking about me. You know, often we do things just to, let me get this done because I'm supposed to, but those turn into the biggest blessings if we pursue them and respond to God's call. Yeah, if we just walk with God through the midst of it. And so I, I don't know where God's calling you to help your brother today. I don't even know who that brother is, but I know God does. And so just ask him to make you alert and aware what he's trying to tell you when those needs come up so that you can be that person to help i think it's deborah <laughs> i think it's deborah jim go find a deborah i'm just saying you're supposed to go find a deborah but thank you for if listening god, go to god puts another one in my path i will all right we'll talk to you next week this is the truth network